Hello, everybody. This is Tito Bort, CEO at Alti Sales, and uh, we are here for another SDR Superstar Series. This one's going to be special because we're talking about reaching out to engineers, developers, security architects, and so on, which is a slightly different motion and a slightly different mindset versus going after marketing people, salespeople, or HR people. So today I have Nick, who is um, lead SDR at Stackrocks, joining us. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks, Tito. Good to be here. Happy to happy to chat with you guys today. Yeah, for sure, man. We're uh, we're definitely excited. Uh, the first thing I want to do, obviously, is give um, the audience a little bit of context about you know your company, what do you guys do. It's uh, you know we've chatted briefly before this, um, so pretty pretty complex product. Give us give us a quick rundown on it. Yeah, so essentially what we're doing here is we're helping organizations secure their containerized assets across the entire lifecycle. So that's build, deploy, and runtime. Um, mainly working with, as you mentioned, uh, dev folks, engineering, and security. And those three, those three teams typically aren't really friends. Uh, so trying to bridge uh, all those introductions to find the use cases within each org and it does happen in different business units across a wide array of company sizes. Um, but that's essentially what we're doing here. So we're trying to bridge the gap between dev security and eng and, and help folks keep their containerized assets secure and compliant. Right. So you've hit, uh, you know, over the past three quarters, about 120% of quota on average. You're leading the SDR team now. So tell us more about your work. Um, do you guys have a lot of inbound like demo requests and chat or whatever else, or are you mostly going outbound? What's your workflow like? Yeah, so look, I look at over the numbers over the last three quarters, and I'd say we're roughly at 85% outbound and 15% inbound total. Um, you know, some inbounds do come in, but we're pretty heavy outbound. So I'm researching companies, trying to find organizations that are running in Kubernetes. That's an orchestrator we support. Uh, and really just trying to find the right guy to talk to and book an intro. Um, yeah. So I'm very social and email heavy on my outreach. Um, I found that our ideal prospects aren't necessarily extroverted and they don't like being cold called over like with your voice. It actually ticks them off a lot. So I've found a lot of success utilizing the social and email aspects. Yeah, that's awesome. We're going to dive deeper into that in a second. Um, so how do you get measured on though? Like this varies across organizations. Um, uh, it seems like the, the majority are, are now going towards just the meetings being held. Like if the person shows up at the right time for the right meeting, um, that's it. And then you have a certain number of meetings you need per, per month or per quarter. Uh, is that, is that how it works for you guys as well? Yep. So meetings held and meetings held per quarter is what we're comped on. Okay. And uh, like, how many do you need? Are you in the, like just a few per month or, or a dozen or like, you know? Yeah, so leading up to, so my first three quarters, the immediate, or the quota was 30 a quarter. Um, and like you said, exceeded those. I usually hit around 36 in that aspect. Uh, we recently found out that quota jumped uh, to 40. So right now I'm mid uh, quarter with about three weeks left. And I'm sitting at about 75, 78% of that said uh, quota for now. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That's uh, cool stuff. Um, so out of 40, like 
if my math is, is right here, 78 should be like 31 or something. Maybe. No? Yeah. In a 30, yeah, 33 right now. So I guess I'm at 80. Yeah. Okay, that's better. <laughs> Good. Good stuff. Um, cool, man. So let's talk a little bit more about like what's what's making you um, successful. So you said most of your meetings are coming from social and email. What do you have in particular that's like allowing you to book more meetings than anybody else? Is it just like the way you write emails? Do you have templates? Do you have a secret sequence or, you know, what, what are you doing? Yeah. So I don't really have a secret sequence. Uh, I think the main thing that's attributing to my success is really digging deep on my uh, research in LinkedIn and trying to find like my ideal person and looking at their job description, seeing you know what they're responsible for, and tailoring a very short, succinct message to him or her about that and how we can help and where we sit in their workflows. So yeah. I try to keep it, you know, maybe two paragraphs tops, six to seven sentences or something along those lines. Like, wow. hey, we haven't spoken before, and I acknowledge that we have not spoken before. I think that resonates a ton. Um, I know I'm reaching out completely cold out of the blue here. This is what my company does. I see you're responsible for this. Here are some common use cases. You have some time next week to chat. Very short and sweet and to the point. Right. I, I like that. Um, and you said you, you uh, will send us over some, some emails or some LinkedIn outreach as well. I love to post that um, on the LinkedIn post. For, for a lot of people, this interview gets posted on a lot of different podcasts. It's, it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on LinkedIn. Um, so if you just look for SDR Superstar Series and Nick from Stack Rocks, you'll, you'll be able to find it. Um, and we'd love to like, show the audience a little bit of those emails. Um, how, what percentage would you say of your meetings come via email versus phone versus social? I can say with absolute confidence that in my 11 months with the company, I have booked four or five meetings total over the phone. The rest have been through email and social. Okay. So what would that put me at? Like a 90% email social versus 10% over the phone. Yeah. And that's, that's really interesting. Um, internally at, at AltiSales, uh, for for those who don't for those who don't know, we run the SDR teams for a lot of different companies, and we have some campaigns where we reach out to engineers. And the phone aspect of engineers is a very different approach versus reaching out to VPs of sales. We'll save that for another episode. But uh, I, I have some campaigns where we're reaching out to engineers, and we are able to set about ten meetings via phone uh, if you know how to how to speak and so on but I haven't seen such a high volume via email unless you're sending a ton of emails. So that's what we're, what we're like really interested in dissecting here. Nick definitely has some okay. thoughts. So tell us a little bit more about like, what do you look for? It seems like you're doing like in-depth like LinkedIn research before you send that email, you're customizing mm -hmm. to the persona. So do you have some like secret like searches for your own organization that you go, because you're not just going, you know, using LinkedIn as a director and just clicking every profile that you see and see if you find something. Yeah. There's some sort of search yeah. strategies here. So what, what do you search for? Yeah. So first thing I'll go for are my titles. So I want to look at a director or a head of DevOps. Um, it's very, very rare, but if I can find someone that has DevSecOps, which is that merge between security and dev, 
that's a huge, huge win for us. If I can find those guys, um, I'll also look for chief architects. Uh, I find that they have a lot to do with, um, you know, migrating their old infrastructure onto containers, uh, and those orchestrators. And then I will dig down and I'll usually find two to four people that I'm really interested in per company. And then I'll start dissecting like, all right, what are they responsible on a day-to-day function? Do they list their strategies? Then I'll look at their little intro at the top bar of, you know, what they've accomplished in their career. Um, and if I see anything with, you know, migrating our infrastructure to Kubernetes, running on Google Cloud Platform or GCP, um, you know, DevOps advocate for microservices culture, those are my guys. Like those are people I want to speak to because they're heavily integrated in that world. And what we're, what we're doing at Stackrox is going to resonate with them. Hopefully. Right. And you also, yeah. So then you also have to find out if security or eng is involved in that at a later point. But those are the first titles I'm going after for like a landing or an intro. Interesting. So DevSecOps, you're looking for, so DevSecOps is a like a specific title. Then you're looking for like dev operations and so on. So you're filtering by title, but how do you decide like what companies you go after? Do you have like a defined list of companies or are you just like trying to reach anybody who's, or who's like doing this because it's such a niche market that you don't even, it's even hard to define or hard, hard to figure out who's using the technology you're, you're trying to sell to? I would say it's a mix of all three of those. So you've got to have like, I've got a list of my, my cloud 100 or like my SaaS startups. Cause I I'm running San Francisco all the way up to Seattle on the Northwest. Uh, yeah. So it's a big startup tech hub, right? So a lot of these companies we think, and from conversations we've had to date are building out their infrastructure on containers. So they look like a good quality prospect for us, but every, like you need to go after like your whales too. So you got to go after like your visas, your Walt Disney's all that on the side, but those are much longer cycles even for an SDR to book a meeting with because there could be a team of 50 different people that are, that are managing their microservices, but you don't know who the right guy is. So you've got to send like multiple targeted emails over a span of time just to get your landing there. Um, and then it's also difficult, like just because they're running on Kubernetes, like the eng team might be running on Kubernetes, but not the dev team. And I'm never going to know that unless I get a response from some of them. So that's why I have to like hit multiple business units to understand like, where's the use case? Who's driving this? Like, who does it make sense to talk to? Right. So that you've, you've looked at a cloud 100 DevSecOps as a title. And then you've mentioned some keywords like microservices or Kubernetes, or are those your three strategies then like keywords or titles or companies and then feel, like try to find the yep. additional info. That's, yeah. that's really smart, man. So like that helps you with the targeting. And then tell me about those emails or your LinkedIn messages. Like wh- what does your first LinkedIn message look like? Do you just say, hey man, I have this product that you have to check out. Do you want to buy it? Or like, I hope you're not doing that. That would be really dumb, obviously. No, but, no. Oh, how about yours, so, Yeah, so I mean, you're going in cold, right? So I, I think the first way to humanize it is just acknowledging, hey, you and I have not spoken before. Okay. I know that. So I don't want to, you know, come off like as a salesy guy. So I'm just like, Hey, you and I have not spoken before. I'm Nick. I work for Stackrocks, and I'm responsible for supporting working with 
your company in our Kubernetes security business line. I found, I thought we had a couple things in common, like, you know, I'll find, do we have a common investor? Did we go to the same college? You know, so I got to find like some form of a commonality and I'll acknowledge that. Um, and then you hit them with the, Hey, this is what we're doing. We're helping companies secure their Kubernetes infrastructure across build, deploy, run. Um, would love to learn more about your use cases, if at all. And I put if at all in parentheses and see how we can be a support. Let me know if you have some time to chat next week. Very short, very succinct to the point. And it's, I've gotten really solid feedback off of it. Cool. And is that just like your friend request or like connect request on LinkedIn or is this like in-mails. after you connect? Ah, just in Yeah, I do in-mails. Yeah, uh, so I don't, I, I went through the whole blind connection requests at my previous company. Um, and it just didn't resonate well. Like you, you send a connection request, then you start like pinging them and trying to like pitch them. It doesn't work like that. Um, I would say do in mails if it resonates with them and they respond and you've, you've got some form of rapport built, then you connect with them. Like I, I try to do it that way. And then you forever have ESOs and architects in your network that you can follow and like see what activity they do on LinkedIn. Yep. I like that. I like that. I hate people who try to connect with me and pitch me immediately. So um, I, I like the email much better. Um, and yeah, cool. So it's awesome. And let's talk a little bit more about like, you know, you're, you're hitting 120% of quota on average. Your best quarter was 140. A lot of the SDRs listening to this um, or just watching the interview themselves are curious about How's your company set up? Like, what are the tools you have at your disposal? How do you do all these things? How many AEs do you support? How big is your territory? All those things that, that matter. So I want to dissect more. How can companies set themselves up for success um, and, and maybe copy uh, some of the ideas or, you know, borrow some of the ideas that StackRox is using here? So how many SDRs do you guys have total and how many AEs? So we have four SDRs and five AEs currently. Um, four of those teams are commercial. So we have the Northwest, North Central, South Central, and Tola, and the whole Eastern Seagrid. Um, and then we also have a federal guy. Um, so he does not have an allocated SDR. The Northeast rep shares um, his SDR with our federal guy. Okay. So it's, it's pretty much a, a one-to-one ratio minus federal. Right. And then the other ones are paired up, so each SDR works directly with one AE? Yeah, one AE and one SE. Ah, okay, nice, interesting. So, and obviously, like from what you talked about today with all these crazy words such as microservices, Kubernetes, and DevSecOps and all that, I would assume that uh, SEs get involved pretty early in the sales cycle because like it's a highly technical sale with a highly technical product and so on, so that would make Extremely sense. Extremely technical. So our SE actually came, he just came on board about a month ago uh, and he came from Red Hat. So that's one of the orchestrators we support. Uh, so he has five years of experience in the subject matter and he's killing the game already. It's wow. it's already made a huge difference for us. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool stuff. So let's talk a little bit more about like your tools and how you're like set up. What are What are some of the you know, uh, sales engagement or whatever, or data research tools. What, what, what does it look like at Stackrocks? 
Yeah. So when I started, we had DiscoverWorks and whatever list they could compile in Salesforce. Um, they brought me on board to kind of build out that stack, um, build out the SDR program. So the first thing I did was, Hey, we need sales nav. Like we can't live in the stone age here. Like a lot of our, our buyers, like dev folks are not on a discover work list. Um, you have, and sometimes they don't put their last name on their LinkedIn profile. So you've really got to search by title, look at job functions, find the guy and you might only be able to connect with them via in mail until they provide a professional email address, right? That was huge. That made a massive difference in our outreach and the folks we could connect with on our calls. Um, and then we got outreach. Oh man. I want to say we're like three or four months in with outreach. We evaluated sales loft um, as well, but they, they dropped the ball on the POC and just totally cut us out of the POC when we were mid sequences for a bunch of stuff. And that Oof. kicked off our sales guy. So, yeah. um, unfortunately, yeah. So outreach has been a great tool for us. Um, it definitely helps us do the volume game. So I do all my like really hyper personal, super succinct messaging on LinkedIn with like the director level and above. And then I use outreach to go for like, you know, the dev engineers or, security engineers and go for like some of the more less senior folks um, just because there's more of them and you want to see, you want to find the end user and you want to find the guy that has the use case and it could be two totally different people. Um, but that's, that's pretty much our stack right now. Cool. We're looking at drift uh, and gong potentially in the future, but right now it's just those three tools. Okay. So it's discover org, LinkedIn and outreach essentially keeping it pretty. Yep. Pretty simple. You don't do any video with something like Vidyard or you don't like have any other databases outside of Discover.org to find phone numbers or emails or anything like that? Uh, no, not for the sales team. I know the marketing team has Marketo, but that's it. I mean, it's a pretty basic stack for us right now. Okay. Um, we're oh, more Salesforce so hyper-focused on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And Salesforce for CRM. My right. bad. I forget about Thank that you. one. I mean, that's, that's always like almost assumed because like you, how can you live without a CRM, right? So, but yeah, good, good stuff. Best, best practices to be using Salesforce. Um, cool. So then the accounts, um, you're territory based. So like you get this cloud 100 yeah. list. How do you determine, like, are you like Googling every company and trying to figure out where their HQ is and see if it's <coughs> territory or like, how are you guys distributing these? Our, our sales ops guy handles like scrubbing those lists and making sure it's HQ based. So wherever HQ is based, that's in your patch. Right. So um, I'm only working companies that have an HQ in San Francisco all the way up to Seattle. Interesting. Yeah. Then obviously like right now you guys are small later on. I hear all these like horror stories about like, okay, I'm trying to reach out to ESPN and then wait a second, ESPN is owned by Disney, but I'm trying to reach out to the ESPN Latin America division, which is actually based in Argentina. Um, but then like somebody else has a Disney division in Asia. So like, are they, is the Asia rep now responsible for the ESPN? Oh my God, it's such a pain. We so, still run into that. Cause I mean, there's, there's a ton of mergers and acquisitions too on our side. No. So we right now we're we're lucky that we're nimble enough and and small that listen like 
I've had a good week. I booked six meetings. Like, you know, why don't you take this one since HQ technically is now in New York, even though it was previously an SF based company. So we, we help each other out. Like, I, I think that's really important right now that we're able to do that. Um, right. We try not to be nitpicky about that. Um, unless it's like one of those really, really sexy logos that you don't want to like lose. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. And, uh, it, it, it takes teamwork. Um, do your, do your AEs do any like outreach themselves to some of the accounts too? Um, some, so, I mean, a lot of our AEs have been in security for the last 15 plus years. So they've got relationships with, you know, a bunch of CISOs, a bunch of head of security guys. Um, so if security does have the use case for containers, then we talk to them. Uh, and then their relationships actually do bridge quite a good amount of intros. Um, but if not, like they're not doing cold outbound, if that's your question. Like they're not going out of the blue. They think we're the ones to do it. I've had one verbatim say, dude, I haven't cold called in 20 years. So you can figure out the strategy. <laughs> yeah, 20 years without cold calling is crazy. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, it varies. You know, I don't want to dive too deep into your org regarding this, but I've seen uh, some AEs who haven't done it in a while and are really appreciative. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just got a meeting with Disney or whatever. Like, I'll you, you're the best. And then yeah. others are like, uh, dude, like, you booked that meeting with Disney on Tuesday at 3, and I have a coffee with my girlfriend, so I can't do that. Can you push it to another day type of thing? So. Oh my God, man. I, I like ha uh, having A's have a little bit more like practice. So they appreciate the work even, even more, but uh, it really depends on the organizational culture. So I'd, I definitely don't want to talk and put people on the spot on the, on the show, but for those listening, <laughs> you'll, you'll relate to this type of thing if you're an SDR. So good stuff. Um, I want to talk about training. I mean, uh, Nick, you, you're doing something right, man. You're at 120% of quota. You're killing it. You have these succinct uh, messages on LinkedIn that you're personalizing via in-mail, in using outreach for some of the, some of the other ones. And, and I'd love, to, you know, you're going to send us some of the examples there. But how did you get this good? Like, are you self-taught? Or, like, do you have a trainer that you really admire, somebody you follow on LinkedIn? What, what, what's happening here? Definitely not self-taught. I've had some phenomenal sales leadership that I've worked under. Um, you know, a few of them, we've talked about it before. Um, my time at, you know, GuideSpark, I was working under these guys, Shep and JP. Um, and these guys are, they're cold calling scenes. Like they, they love the hustle and, and solving customer problems. And yeah, they, they really taught me a lot. I mean, my, my first week cold calling was horrifying. Uh, fresh out of school and after you work under those guys you get you get really comfortable with it yeah. um so that that definitely laid a lot of the groundwork for for what i'm doing and i also had an se that i supported over there that i mean he did not care about sitting down and just waiting for demos to come in he would walk in with a list and be like yo you and i are ripping this we're gonna do it together in the pit like we're gonna have some fun and we would just make some buzz and it, it was a good learning experience for sure. Um, and that's where I've taken a lot of what I'm doing now and putting it in a different vertical. So I'm not selling to HR anymore. I'm working with security, uh, obviously. Um, and just trying to, you know, take those life lessons and, and keep growing basically. 
Yeah, man. Shep's one of the few people that I've heard a lot about his uh, training and, and like how good he, he is at developing his, uh, his reps. So um, I don't think I've ever connected with him, but that'd be, that'd be, that'd be like a fun thing to do in the, in the near future. Um, Put it on your list. <laughs> cool. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I might just call the outbound to him and be like, heard good things about you. Um, I love training SDRs too. Uh, you know, let's compare notes someday. That'd be fun. Um, cool. Let's talk a little bit more about like um, other incentives of the company or, um, you know, like what, what keeps you motivated? Uh, seems like you've been an SDR for a little while now. Tell us more about that story and, and what keeps you going. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I do believe that there's something new to learn all, all the time and I don't think I've fully mastered the whole SDR capacity yet. Um, but I've had some great leadership and, and I want to one day be able to, you know, do the same for, for new SDRs uh, and help them train and develop. So that's a big motivator for me is to like constantly keep learning, um, keep trying new things because things innovate every week, month, year, like security is going to change. DevOps is going to change. Like I've got to keep up to date with all that. Um, and just solving customer problems. I mean, that's, that's what we're here for is trying to get the AEs in the room with folks that have an actual need and see the use cases and what we're solving. Um, and that's huge. Like just being really customer focused um, and giving them a really solid experience with Stackrocks. Um, and also, I mean, you do get into sales for the money a little bit. I mean, you got, you got to be hungry like 24 seven because I can tell you I get hundreds of no's a week, if not more. And it does drag down on you. Like you do notice a little bit of an attitude change once you've had like your fifth no for the day. But then you get that one yes at like 4.45 PM, like right before you're about to leave the office and you get that one last call in and sure as heck, like this guy has a need. It's a security architect or a CISO. He's like, yeah, man, like put something on my calendar for two weeks from two weeks out and then everything's better, you know? So like just trying to stay optimistic and knowing that I'm not selling like some fake, like here's a one week free cruise to Alaska. Like I'm selling a solution that solves a real problem, you know? And if, if someone says no, it's either not the right person or they don't have a need yet. And that's fine. We could like JP and Shep always used to say this. I understand if this is not a priority right now. And if that's the case, don't worry about it. We can part ways as friends, but let's at least have a 20 minute discussion and understand like any of your use cases or potential use cases and how we can fit into that. You know, yeah, that keeps me going. Yeah, that's awesome. I, it's really funny. You mentioned that. So um, every Monday with my team, we have over 10 SDRs now, but we get together and I, always tell him a story about the early days of my career path from, from SDR to now leading a company that builds SDR teams for startups. And uh, one of the stories is actually about one of the, in the, in the early days, we called this company like several times and the lady picks up the phone and she's like, you guys are calling from share file. And he's like, you have called me a hundred times. I'm so tired of you. Like, how do I get rid of you? I like, what do I need to do for you guys to just like stop calling me? And, and the rep very confidently says, here's, here's, here's what's happening. We're really sure that if you look at ShareFile, you're going to love it. So let's do this. 
take a 15-minute call with you. And by the end of it, if you don't like it and you never want to talk back to us, we promise we'll leave you alone. And she's like, fine, when do we need to do this? And he's like, you know, whatever, blah, 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 let's schedule it. She decides her time, uh, comes to the meeting, dude, looks at the product. She buys it on the spot. It was an SMB product. So it was like a 2K a year type of thing, like paid monthly. So $150 nice. a month. But she's just like, this is beautiful. Put it on my credit card. And then she reaches back out to the SDR and she's like, I just wanted to thank you because I had no idea this technology existed. And you're like simplifying my life so much. You have no idea how much time I've been wasting. She's like, I cannot believe I didn't give you a chance earlier on. Thanks for the persistence. And, and that's just like, nice. it exemplifies what being an SDR is about. Like people don't know what they don't know. And you have a good product trying to get it to, to a good market. You understand the benefits. It is going to help them out. And you just, you don't want to be like annoying or like piss them off. If you can be professional and persistent, at some point they'll give you a chance, even if it's like with a slightly bad attitude. But once they see it, if you can blow their mind, like good things happen. So um, that's yeah, awesome. I mean, you remind me of that. And it's I thought, stories like that. It's stories like that that make the job a lot easier. You know? Yeah, man. It's uh, it's really really cool. Any other things you want to share with the audience that has helped you be successful? Any books you've read, or um, you know, anything else uh, that that you think we we missed today? Uh, honestly, no. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, that pretty much covers what I'm doing. I mean, I'm constantly reading articles on on the DevSec world and and trying to understand the nuances of containers because it's very technical. Um, but that's pretty much it. Like I'll occasionally tweak my messaging with stuff I've seen in an article if it relates to what we're doing um, and how we fit into that, you know, and I'll share that with the prospect. Um, just stuff like that. Just make sure what you're doing is, you know, it, the use case is correct for what your solution solves for. And if the customer has a need, they will get in touch with you. And obviously you got to be persistent there. It's a very, very inundated world for buyers right now with the amount of SDRs. So make sure you're professionally persistent, keep it short and sweet. Right. If they got a need, you'll, you'll get them. That's awesome, man. Hey, I appreciate uh, you coming to the show. This has been fun. I'll ask the audience also, you know, wh wherever you're like listening to this or watching this, be it LinkedIn or YouTube, those are two easy platforms to put uh, comments on. Any other questions that you think I should have asked Nick? That would, uh, I would love that feedback. And uh, Nick, if people want to get in touch with you, are you open to that? What's the easiest way? Yeah, can, I, I'm open to meeting with the SDR community. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm sure Tito will. Uh, I'll sure you. Yeah, I'm sure you will share my LinkedIn URL or whatever. Um, you can also reach me via email at nb at stackrocks.com. I'm happy to connect with any of you guys. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for again, for LinkedIn and, and YouTube, it's easy to put your link there for. Others, um, if they really want to like grab a pen and paper and, and take notes, you want to spell your, your last name so they can find you or just Nick Stackrocks <laughs> might work as well. Stackrocks, S-T-A-C-K-R-O-X, if I'm correct here. You are, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Um, do you want to spell the last name too, just in case? Yeah, so I'll, and I'll do it phonetically like, uh, like I've spelled over the phone for years now. So it's be like boy. I E S like sugar, Z like zebra, C like cat, Z like zebra, A like apple, T like Tom. There you go. 
Um, good stuff, man. Thanks for coming to the show. For everybody else listening, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I am Tito Bort, T-I-T-O, last name B-O-H-R-T. And uh, I'm also the one posting this on, on YouTube and LinkedIn on my channels. So follow us there. And uh, yeah, let's keep helping the SDR community get better, learn more. And uh, on the LinkedIn post, you can find uh, some of the emails that Nick will send my way, some of the emails so you guys can get ideas for yourselves as well. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks, Tito.